The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. And for this reason I told you, that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. How beautiful is that introductory to our prayer that we offer and we know that the first step in prayer even before that is to recall the presence of God but when we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit it's that everything we do may be done in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit for his glory now, I know I've said this before, but I like to relate like our faith journey, this pilgrimage we're on, to the different aspects of life. And I'm a baseball fan. I spent my time with the Braves for a little bit. And I don't know if you've had enough. Maybe you watch baseball. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's some other sport, basketball, football, whatever. But if you watch a lot of the athletes, like the, the Braves, I watch them come up. They'll come up. Some of them do their fancy little dance. They'll take their bat and they'll do their dance. And they'll do shh. They'll do what seems to be a sign of the cross right before they get up on the plate. They'll hit their home run and they'll come back and they'll go and do the sign of their cross. All of them are doing that. But when was the last time you saw a baseball player get up to bat and strike out and do a sign of the cross? Huh? And strike out and do a sign of the cross. I had the grace, uh, when I was chaplain with Atlanta Braves, I, three, four years into that, that time frame, I called the head coach and I said, hey, I want to come down and check y'all out in March and spring training. I want to come down and I want to kind of see what the team's doing in Orlando, just kind of learn your life. And he says, come on down. So I went down and I went to one of the games that they had and I was there and then went out to eat with the coaches afterwards. And I said to the head coach at the time, Brian Schnitteker, the head coach for the Braves now, was a third base coach. So he was out to eat with us along with Eddie Perez, who's still coaching um, but Freddie Gonzalez was the coach at that time. And, and I said to him, I said, hey, I want, I want to go to the game tomorrow. And they're like, Father, what are you doing tomorrow? Are you going to go to the beach or something? You're down here in Orlando. I said, I didn't drive all the way down here to go to the beach. I came to see how your life is. And, I, well, and they're like, I'll tell you how our life is. We got a three-hour drive in a bus, team bus, all the way down to South Florida to play in a game. And we're playing the Red Sox. And it's St. Patrick's Day. And we got green hats. And I said, I'm going. So I remember coming up to the park, driving up, and Freddie drove a Harley Davidson. He comes wheeling his Harvey, and he's like, dang, Father, you got up early. You're here with us. So it's dark in the middle of this, you know, March. It's dark, and we're getting on the bus, team bus, two buses, and kind of around. I'm checking out their scene. You know, they're all, they're all human. We put them up on high pill pillars, golden glovers who are 
playing hacky sack in the locker room and joking and eating their pizza and all this stuff. But they're also golden glovers who are at mass. Golden glovers who want their cars blessed. And who had some experience of faith, some desire in the transcendent in this God. So it came time for the game to start and we go walking out on the field. We're walking out on the field. I'm walking with the head coach and the batting coach. And head coach turns to me and says, Father, you got a ticket for this game? And I'm like, no, I got off the bus with y'all. I'm just here. And he goes, all right, well, listen, sit in the dugout, but sit in the far end of the dugout, not by me because the cameras and all that says, no problem. So the game goes on. It's like home run after home run, pop, 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 players coming in. They start giving me high fives. And then, then the coach comes all the way down with the bat and coach halfway through the game says, what do we got to do to get you in the, game, in the dugout every game? <laughs> and so there's all that superstitious stuff that goes on. That, like, we're going to sign across the the And I said, listen, whether you hit the home run or you strike out, you give glory to God. You're out here playing. What do I put my hope in? What's my hope rooted in? What type of things do I hope for? Not only for me, but for my family and those that I love and for others. I had the grace of nine baptisms yesterday, like we have the grace of the first Holy Communions today. They have hope for their lives. And it's beautiful with the baptism when you come up and you see these parents, these moms and dads that love their kids and their whole families there. And you come up to them and they're there and they're shining. And you ask them those first questions in, in the baptismal rite. What name do you give your child? And it's mom and dad who name that child. Just as St. Gabriel told Mary in that, and you will call him Jesus. And Joseph and Mary went and they said before Simeon, yeah, his name will be Jesus. The second question you ask the parents is, what do you ask of God's church for John or Susie? Now, every now and then, not always, and you see the beauty of the heart of a mother. Sometimes the dad, but oftentimes the mother. And speaks up, and so yesterday we had one mom, which is beautiful, with a real simplicity. Well, good health, a lot of friends, um, we went to Chapel Hill. We really don't like Duke. We went to Chapel Hill. So we want our child in Chapel Hill. So they go through a whole litany of things that they want for their child, that they hope in for their child and everything. And I just kind of look at them and smile and I said, well, can't help you with that. Can't help you with that. But new life in Christ? Something far greater than even that? That I can help you with. So let's talk about Christian hope. Christian hope, a virtue, a theological virtue that God gives us at the moment of our baptism. It's given freely. Christian hope, not hope in the things of the world. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans says so beautifully here, and this is the bottom line. Sometimes people ask me, Father, just give me something that I can walk away with. Something that I can write down on my desk or put on my computer, or put on my refrigerator to give me some kind of encouragement in my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Give me something. Here it is for you and me. Real easy to remember. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Yes, us Catholics, we memorize scripture and we should. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Hope. Hope does not disappoint. 
Paul's encouraging those first Christians. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God at our moment of baptism, the love of God has been poured out to us by the Holy Spirit. Hope does not disappoint. How do we see this lived out in God keeping his promises? A promise keeper is someone who does not disappoint. That's beautiful there in Proverbs, talking a little bit like Genesis, the beginning in the Old Testament. And John spoke about that in the prologue of his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word is God. The most holy trinity was there at the beginning. In Genesis, the Father spoke. And when we speak, we speak words. And so the Father spoke the word and went across the earth. God breathed over the earth and creation came out of nothing. There's a prayer I love to pray, and it was this morning in the breviary in the, in the office that priests and deacons and lay people pray all over the world. It's my favorite one, and it's, it's breathe on me, O breath of God. Holy Spirit, breathe on me, O breath of God. Fill my heart with life anew, that I may love what you love and do what you would do. What a beautiful prayer. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill my heart with life anew, that I may love what you love and do what you do. The type of love that in that book of Proverbs at the end it says, God delighted in all his creatures. He radically loves every single human being created in his image and likeness on this earth. Passionately. Christian hope. Christian hope, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is simply this. That we are on a pilgrimage. We are a pilgrim people. We are going somewhere. Along with everybody else in the world. Nobody can avoid it. We're going to the eternal encounter with a God who loves us. Who created us. A God who we came from and who we're going back to. That's why Christians have hope. Because we know we're on pilgrimage. We know our true destination is heaven. That's when those disappointments that St. Paul speaks about in his letter to the Romans, we root our hope in Jesus Christ, in the promises of God. Yesterday, I had the immense grace. I made a call, and Father Mike was doing the Saturday night mass, and there was someone, a parishioner of ours, that was in the hospital and so I just told Father Mike, you know, hey, I'm going to go to the hospital. I'll, I'll be back in time for dinner. And I go to the hospital, and the person was going to get a CAT scan, so it was going to be relatively quick. They were wait, waiting for that. And so I need to get there quick. I need to get up there quick because I didn't know if they were going to go down the CAT scan. I missed it. So I get out. I park my, park my car in the, in the parking deck at CMC Main. And I'm walking in there. I come out to the first floor, and there's two ladies sitting there literally on the steps outside the hospital where their badges as visitors and all that stuff. 
and they said, hey, 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 you, hey, you. And I go walking by, you know, these collars are like, it means, it means two things. You know what this collar means? It means two things. It means, number one, I'm available. It also means, number two, I'm taken. I'm taken, okay? It's my ring. But anyway, so I'm going, and there's the line. Hey, 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 you. So I'm like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when we get in a rush in life, we don't always work on the way the Holy Spirit wants us to work. So I'm like, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. I did not hear. And the Holy Spirit the whole time, I'm not kidding you. The Holy Spirit was like, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And I just kind of paused. I mean, life is so much fun when we get simple and we walk with the Lord who's in us. And I don't always do it, right? I'm telling you, I don't. But it's beautiful when we listen to the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay, Jesus, I heard you. I'll go back. That person can wait. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep that person from the CAT scan. I gotta get back for dinner. And he goes, so, so I walk back and I see the person and I said, How y'all doing? And they said, Do you work here? <laughs> I get that sometime going out with my collar and the black shirt. You know, I go to the restaurant and you, you work here, you a waiter? No, but I'll tell you what to eat. I said, Well, I I, I work here kind of part-time. I work, I'm a, I'm a pastor at a church, but I come in every now and then. Can I help you? They're like, we've been trying to get a hold of some. My daughter's in ICU, my sister's in ICU, and she's really in a lot of need, and we can't get a hold of anybody in the hospital. I said, have you tried the chaplain? Oh, we didn't know that. I said, that's the word you use, chaplain. But where's she, in ICU? Yeah, if you want, I'll go up there. I'll go, we'll go up there, and I'm seeing this one person, then I can come, I'll come down. If I come down and see you, we'll go up there, and we'll, 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 we'll pray. I said, I said, are you believers? I said, are you believers? And they said, yeah. We're Baptists. And I said, you're believers. You're participating in the one baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope doesn't disappoint. The Holy Spirit's been poured out on you too. The love of God's been poured on you. Sisters, let's pray. Let's pray for Monica. I invite all of you to pray for Monica this morning. That she be healed. Do we believe that we have that healing power? The first Christians did. They got people out of jail. They healed. Imagine if we pray for someone we don't even know, like a Monica who's in ICU right now who we don't even know. So I pray with those ladies. We're praying. And pray the way people pray. Father God. Dear Lord. Peter and Paul were walking up to the temple and they saw the, they saw the person wounded and they said, I do not have gold and silver to give you, but what I give you, I give you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. You can do that, Jesus. The centurion came to you. He was not a believer, Lord. He came to you for his servant and said, if you only say the word, they will be healed. Father God, hear this prayer. The whole time they're like, amen, brother, bring it. Bring it. Can I pray like that? How many ways are there in the world to pray? As many hearts as there are to pray. But sometimes what happens is, and, and don't take this in the wrong way, but will you pray with me? Sure. Our Father, word in heaven, hallowed be name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It's the Lord's prayer. Mix it up a little bit. Talk to your friend. 
the indwelling. When y'all receive Jesus for the first time in the Eucharist, you little ones, he's coming. And it's at that time we're like, all right, mom and dad, I love you, but I'm talking to Jesus. He's in my heart, and he's going to help me love you even more. It was beautiful. We closed that prayer. I told him, I said, I kind of closed out the last part of the prayer, and the last part of the prayer was like this. Dear Lord, I'm telling you, you can work this miracle. Heal Monica. Get her up from that hospital bed. But please help these ladies forget my name so they don't know where I am or where I'm from. Because I must decrease and you must increase. That's what it's got to be. I must decrease. You must increase. I'm not here to talk about myself. Because I know y'all have opportunities to do that. All the time. Imagine the hope we can bring out to our world. When we're rooted in the idea that we're going somewhere and everybody's going with us. And we're going to this internal encounter with our Lord. You know at the end of that prayer and conversation with those beautiful women of God, believers. You know I kind of looked at them because we had a relationship. And I said, can I tell you something my mama used to say? And they're like, Sure. I said, my mama used to say this all the time. You, you're, you're baptized, right? And they're like, yeah. You're part of the one baptism of Jesus Christ. And they're like, uh-huh. And I said, can I tell you something? They're like, uh-huh. You're Catholic. You just don't know it. <laughs> you're Catholic. You just don't know it. There's one baptism. But man, our brothers and sisters in Christ are the one baptism. Some of them get out in front and they give a good example of how to pray. They give an example of how to walk with the Lord. And we should walk with them and we should accompany them where they are and see what we got in common and build up this body of Christ to give witness to what? To a hope that doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out to us. As someone once said, you receive Jesus in the Eucharist? You receive Jesus into your heart? Please inform your face. You read the gospel and you got Jesus in your heart because you're reading the gospel and I'm a believer, I do all this stuff. I love Jesus, I'm there every day. You got him in your heart? Please inform your face. Sounds hard. I'm not saying we all need to go around like me. Like I promise I only had two cups of coffee. But I'm not saying that we're all going to do it in different ways. But imagine... If you, me, and all of us were disciples of hope. If we clung to this one bottom line this week, hope doesn't disappoint. Our up to bat in life may disappoint. We may strike out in life. We may hit a home run. But real hope doesn't disappoint. What will home be like? What would your place of work be like? What would your community be like as we go about the summer? If you and me in this city were disciples of hope. Hope, my brothers and sisters in Christ, does not disappoint. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.